0: Finding a home for your license is as critical to your success as where you lay your head down at night. Hello my friends, Kenny Stevens here and welcome to Rookie Real Estate where your road to success begins right here and right now. Whether you're looking to transition from your day job to your dream job or you're on the road to your first 50 transactions. Success is in the details, my friends, and we are gonna unpack the fundamental principles required for you to thrive. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right, today we're gonna talk about how to find a brokerage. Where are you going to hang your license? Where are you going to call home? Now, when you think of home, what are the feelings that you get? Now, for many people, that evokes an emotion, some stronger than others. Now, if you'll remember, I was a police officer for 13 years, wore a uniform, and when a police officer goes to work, our literally our only goal is to come home safe that night it is a common thing talked about in roll calls and trainings guys let's go home tonight now same thing it may not be as intense with real estate but it is as critical whenever you're finding a place to call home it's going to be your work family it's going to be somewhere that you go and spend Eight, 10 hours coming and going back and forth all the time. So this is absolutely critical. We cannot drop the ball in this step in the in the process. Now, now home is such a powerful word that my company actually made it a part of our vision statement. DeSelms Real Estate is an empowering partner bringing agents, clients, and communities home. Simply put, we bring you home. Finding a home for your license is as critical to your success as where you lay your head down at night. Friends, let me remind you, Don't get into real estate if you are content with being average. It's too hard. Set your focus on being great and finding a great work home where you can thrive. Being a new agent or an affiliate broker, as we're called, you must hang your license with a broker, an actual broker, for a period of approximately three years or longer before you yourself can test to become a broker. Now that's average across the nation from what I understand. But once you've had your license for about three years, you can go test for your broker's license if you wish. Open your own company, create your own uh, culture, environment. But right off the bat, you've got to have somewhere to put it. You've got to somewhere they call it hanging your license. Uh, back in the day, they actually hanged it on a, hung it on a wall And now we just keep it in a scan in a folder so that way when we're audited, we have a copy of the license. But that's where the term came from, hanging your license with a brokerage. You've gotta do that if you're within your first three years. Now there are hundreds and maybe even thousands of places that you can hang your license in a given city. So again, this step in the process can literally make or break your launch. No shortcuts allowed on this step. Prepare to interview at least three, not your best friend's broker, not somebody that you just ran into, at least three, maybe even five of the top brokerages in your area. This will be the family that you go to when you send your kids off to school, when your spouse goes off to work. This is going to be your new family. You need to get a feel for the culture. Ask if you can attend their sales meetings whenever you first talk with them. Mingle with the people that are there if it's at all possible. Uh, Listen to their chatter. Speak with the broker or the owner if at all possible. If a company doesn't have time for you when you're calling and asking to interview and want to be a part of their culture and have already done your research and you're making connections, if they don't have time for you, move on to another one. Assuming that you're also showing value whenever you are communicating with them, trying to set up an interview. It's not as simple as, hey, I, I'm interested in real estate. Can I interview? It's not as simple as that. Finding out, calling and finding out who the decision makers are, how their structure is for the interview process. How do you come and, and, and explore the office and meet a few of the agents? Those steps are critical when deciding where you're going to hang your license. <music> often what people do is speak with friends who have a real estate license and then they talk to each one and they go interview there and they hang their license there because it's comfortable guys we're not looking for comfortable we're looking for the right fit if you don't know anybody in real estate then post something on social media asking a question about real estate and the agents will come out of the woodwork or at least they should call and talk to your current real estate friends i'm sure you've got three to five of them there's so many agents around and then ask them how they like their company why they like their company ask them if you weren't with blank brokerage who would you consider to be the next best option and then interview both of them google is a fabulous way to find out who's the shakers and movers in an industry in your area type in Best real estate market in blank city, wherever you live. See who comes up. Read the bios of the owners, the history. Do, go to their website. Is it an easy to access website? Do they have home search programs? they have ways for you to uh, interact in community events, things like that. Check their Google reviews. If they've got a bad review, sometimes there's things that you just can't control on a real estate transaction. People get angry and they post a review. See what the reply is on that review. See if the owner replied to it. See if there's any back and forth there. Find out what the community is saying about the brokerage that you're thinking about going and working with full time. See if they have a Facebook page. See what kind of content they share. If they look like they're struggling when it comes to social media, don't mess with them. Keep moving on. Keep looking. If you don't have if they don't have social media, run. Do not go there. It's got. It's a critical part of what we do, and exposure is social media. I'm not saying that all of their efforts should be in social media and they're putting all their eggs in one basket like Facebook or Instagram, but they should be exposed in providing content. That's what you're looking for when you're looking for a good brokerage. My point is pretend like you're a private investigator. Dig in deep. Make it a game if you want to prior to interviewing know everything about the company and the person interviewing you at all possible dig in deep your goal is to speak to the broker or the owner which might be one and the same person but bigger companies you may have to interview with a manager a sales manager or maybe even assistant so don't necessarily knock that on the bigger companies or think that oh i don't have a chance you do have a chance But there's processes at each company that gets you to the decision makers. And maybe you have to go through a few steps. And actually, if you do have to go through a few steps, that's probably going to be one of the better places to go. If you walk in the door and that person cannot wait to sign you up and they hang you the paperwork like, Come on, can you work nights and weekends? You need to think twice. Seriously think twice about that one. But if you've got one where you've actually got to work towards the process of becoming a team member, an asset to their company, then that's the one that you want to dig into a little bit more and maybe work a little harder and try to get in on that company. You want them to want you, you want to want them, but you want it to be mutually beneficial. What if the person, you know, you're sitting there, you're driving down the road, and you're going, God, I hate interviews. I would rather have a root canal than go and sit across from somebody and sell myself and try to get them to hire me and like me. Okay, my friends, listen. You are fixing to get into a profession where you're gonna go knock on somebody's front door, walk in, sit at their kitchen table, and sell yourself one, two, three times a week at listing appointments. What you're fixing to do in interviewing brokerages is exactly what you're gonna be doing as a real estate agent Every time you meet with a client, if this pains you, this is a really good time to figure that out. Don't get into real estate if you can't stand to be across from somebody you don't know trying to sell yourself and your services and your qualities so that they will like you, connect with you, and then hire you because that is exactly what a listing agent does in real estate every single day or at least hopefully several times a week so keep that in mind if this process that i'm describing right now you're like ah i do not want to go and interview a uh, brokerages relate that to what you're actually going to be doing in this profession now in our company we have a system for interviewing agents now they can come to us many different ways through our websites to calling and leaving a message maybe emailing us finding our emails People get my cell phone number. People get uh, my wife's cell phone number. I love it whenever they dig in, and it's two or three different avenues. And I get a phone call, a text, and an email the same day, hey, just touching base, want to make sure that I reach out, and you got my email or you got my text or you got my phone call because I'm really interested in hearing and learning more about DeSalms Real Estate and how I can plug in to your company and win together. With that, all the people that come through all the different paths, lost my train of thought there, with all the different paths, when they come here, they always end up on my desk, and I'm going to call them back. This first phone call, guys, when when the person that you're calling, if you can program their numbers so that whenever you see a pop-up on your caller ID, answer with a little bit of uh, excitement and energy, hey, thank you for calling me back. Don't preferably answer Right after an argument with your spouse, or right after you know having to uh send your kids to bed early because they're having a bad night, you're having a bad night. Remember, in our profession, you're always on your A game because whenever you pick up the phone, that could be the hiring broker for the company you want to get on, or it could be somebody later when you have your license that called and said, I want you to sell my million dollar home. You're answering. Begins programming really, really early. Be ready when you pick up the phone because it could be the person that changes your stars. So, when I call them back, if they have phone skills, if they don't have phone skills, right off the bat, I politely tell them that we're not looking to add another tent member at that time. It's just my way of being nice going, if you can't conversate with me back and forth on the phone, I'm not going to give you 30, 45 minutes to an hour of my time in my office because you're obviously not gonna be able to fit and a lot of what we do is on the phone speaking back and forth with clients. Now if they sound confident and competent, now I'll give them time that fits into my schedule. Now this is kind of also a little test. If I go, I'm available Thursday at one or next Tuesday at three. I give them two options, sometimes one, sometimes two. I wanna see how flexible they are in making adjustments because they probably already have a job. But how serious are they about coming and interviewing with our company? I want them to take a day off or take a lunch break or at least try within all of their power to make the time that I give them work. If they're attempting to make it work, even if they need to make some arrangements and they call me back and go, you know, Kenny, I I know those two times, the ones you gave me, but neither time is absolutely possible. But I really would like to find Something else in your schedule? Can you give me another option? Somebody who's working hard, trying to make it work, great. But if they go, you know, it's got to be 7 p.m. because I get home at 6, or, you know, it's going to have to be Saturday because I just can't take off work, then I don't feel the urgency of them or the excitement from them to be able to put this as a priority. Interviewing with a brokerage, guys, again, is a critical step. In the process. Now, if you remember in my previous podcast, one of my first questions is why real estate? If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one. Friends, please be prepared to answer that question. Every broker, manager, owner should be asking you that question in one form or another. You'd be surprised how many people don't know how to answer that question. Now, in the podcast, I talked about Sometimes I catch them off guard, uh, and I like to see the ones that are extremely passionate, they actually give a raw response. But you're not that person in the aspect, you don't want to be caught off guard. You can still give a raw and passionate response, but I don't want you caught off guard or unprepared for anything when it comes to real estate related period, especially interviewing with a brokerage. Now, If you know your answer to that and you know your why and you've developed that and you're ready and prepared, it's going to be received the same way as if somebody really just poured out a raw answer off the cuff. But most people can't do that. A lot of times they crash and burn, and I do not want that to be you. Now, you'd be surprised with some of the answers and the language that people use in an interview. Guys, this is an interview Uh, How do you say, let's be appropriate, let's use proper English, let's use language that isn't offensive if your mom was standing there? I mean, really, do we really have to say this out loud? Yes, sometimes we have to say this out loud. Also, you're going to be asked... What kind of quest? I mean, what kind of schedule are you looking? How much time are you going to put into your transition into real estate? What's your flexibility? If you come in and you go, you know, I've got Mondays. I drop the kids off at 9:30, and then I've got from 10 until 11:45, whenever I usually have lunch and get my manicure, and then I'm available between one and three. And I'm kind of feeling like that's going to be enough time. Then probably what's going to happen if the person interview doesn't actually laugh out loud? then they're going to politely release you on to the greater world of it's not going to work out here. So think about your schedule. Think about what kind of time you're actually going to be able to put in. Does this brokerage allow part-time agents? Do they allow for people to transition from their day job to their dream job if you have a very set detailed plan that you're willing and able to execute with somebody like that brokerage help? You can't come in. There's no such thing as a part-time agent. I've said that over and over again. You may have your license, a full-time job, have your license and be working as a part-time agent, but you're actually going to be working two full-time jobs if you want to make it in this industry. Interviewing with an agent with a, a brokerage and asking them what kind of time is expected of me there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing asking like how often do I need to be here what are the expectations of coming in the office is there training times is there sales meetings there's nothing wrong with talking about that and asking those questions but if you can only give six hours uh, Monday Tuesday and Wednesday to real estate and maybe another ten hours Friday and Saturday then real estate again probably isn't for you but two brokerages don't have time to cater To your wants and desires they want you to be all in and also have a mentality of providing and being an asset providing back to the company and being an asset now you're fixing a trade your current boss and pick up a dozen more so if you start going, man, I want to be done with corporate America and there's a lot of people that do or you're you're just hating your job, that's not the real time to be vomiting that all over the person that you're interviewing. Now, it may be the case and you may be unhappy, but think about the what you're projecting if you come in and you trash the current employer that you have and talk horrible about the boss and I want to be my own boss and I want to have the freedom of making my own schedule. Just remember that what you're saying is being perceived as how you're going to plug into that company. And truth be told, you're fixing to give up one boss at your current job and pick up a dozen more because every client that hires you becomes, in essence, your boss, you're serving them. They're dictating a lot of what you do, even though we train them and we try to communicate and control a little bit. It really comes down to, if they say, I want to get in this house today, you've got to figure out how to make that work. Therefore, they're becoming the boss. They're, in essence, controlling parts of your schedule and your time. So if you don't like authority or people telling you what to do, again, real estate may or may not be for you. Now, there are ways, and over time, you can learn to develop that. But again, it's right. What you're projecting in this interview and preparing for in a brokerage, they're going to be listening for every reason not to bring you on. Because it, just in the Nashville area alone, there's 14,000 agents. No brokerage wants 14,000 agents. Half of them didn't sell one house in 2017, not even one. The other half averaged three. I got to look up the numbers for 2018 so that i can have that and and ready for you guys but the point there is brokerages want an asset coming on be prepared to provide value in your conversation with who you're interviewing with now there will be potentially managers asked to move up asked to talk about you know how is the company run is there a managing broker is there a executive broker is the owner controlling everything you want to know the hierarchy you want to know who's going to be you know the training manager if there is one who's going to be the office manager who are the people that are in charge that you need to know and that are going to be making decisions obviously you'll probably have an interview or two maybe even three the more is actually the better believe it or not uh, to be able to get up the scale for a really good quality company. Now. Discuss, be prepared to discuss your, tri- your time frame for transitioning. You know, if you are a person who has been at home, maybe a stay-at-home parent, and the other spouse is working, and you're able to go to school and dive in right off the bat and launch full-time, that's great. You'll be able to communicate that. But again, if you're gonna be transitioning from your day job to your dream job, that might be a little bit hairy trying to do your real estate school either week in blocks there's two-week schools or you can take them at night or you can take them on the weekends figure out when you're going to be able to make that transition because they're going to ask you what's your time frame look like and a lot of time it's going to be because they've got training coming up they want to try to get as many people in that training so they only have to say things once but transitioning from part-time to full-time real estate and obviously the goal is to be full-time real estate so that you can actually succeed in this profession you've got to be ready and with a plan when you come to the interview and go you know me and the me and my wife or me and my husband or me and my boyfriend we're trying to figure that out i mean that should already be at least somewhat laid out before you ever get to an interview i don't want you unprepared for a question that's going to be asked and they're going to dig in. It's not the norm of real estate or of of questions that you tend to get asked. There are going to be some consistent questions that get asked in all interviews, but really time and energy and effort and what's your intent and what are your expectations are all gonna come out during this interview if it's a good interview and they're seriously interested in you being a part of their company. Now, I hate to have to say this out loud, but dress, like you want a job dress sharp prepare some answers to the common questions if you don't know what those could be and you've only interviewed once in your whole life google it talk about who you are put some personal touch to the way that you're answering your questions say yeah i'm a communicator i communicate well with people well come on like how, what do you mean you communicate well with people because right now is not being very impressive But if you can put some emotion and some energy behind your answers and go, I love people to the core of who I am. Does that not sound different? Like I love serving people. I miss that intimate relationship with working with people. That's why I want to transition from my desk job to being in real estate and running around all over the town and, and letting people indoors, give them something that actually would apply to real estate because i'm sure you've thought about it if you haven't you need to spend a little bit more time before you you get to that process but they're trying to figure out if you fit the company's culture and if you're worth the massive amount of effort required in getting you trained help them make that decision fast listen this is critical but if you can't articulate how you are looking to contribute as As you grow and will apply what they're teaching you and willing to give back to others along the way if necessary, then you start becoming, you transition from being an asset to being a liability or a burden. And top producing companies and agents don't have time for liabilities and burdens. They want assets. They want team players. All right, so let's talk about money. got to know there's not really a podcast available that can describe how many different ways commission checks can be paid so I'm going to give you probably the most common four ways that brokerages pay their agents kind of how it lines up here now first and the most common is called the traditional concept which is which makes you an independent contractor and the commission made in a transaction is split between you and your broker now the percentage of the split sometimes May be determined by who generates the lead, but there is a split. Now, if you're handling leads that if they're giving you leads left and right that they're generating, you're probably going to get lower cuts. But if you're bringing a lot of your sphere of influence and you're creating the leads, and you're probably going to get higher cuts. And they'll give you that information and how that brokerage works when you interview. Let me give you an example. If you get your license and your best friend wants to buy a house. And your broker would likely take 20, maybe 30% of your commission whenever you're brand new and you'd like to get the rest, and you get the rest. So if it's a $400,000 house and say the commission is average 3% in your area, that's $12,000 commission. You would get $9,600 and the broker would get $2,400. That's how commission splits work. That needs to be discussed sometime before you make your decision about that company making sure that you understand how the splits work who generates the lead how all of that works it might be a little bit confusing ask for some examples if you need more clarification but that's the traditional approach probably used most often in real estate brokerages across the country with that being said usually they'll provide that at the interview it'll be laid out very clear they can give you some examples but it needs to be in writing before you ever actually hang your license so that there's no later miscommunications. Sometimes the good old boy system is like, yeah, I'll take care of you. No way. I'll take care of you is not written down. That's not, that's too, too broad. Get it on writing in paper so that everybody understands where the league comes from, who gets paid what, and there's no fights later. No point in fighting over money whenever you're rocking and rolling. Now, the second way is a flat fee, which means you're likely an employee of the brokerage making a salary. Now, this happens most often in new construction communities where you're sitting at a model home. Uh, I'm not a lot familiar with this style, and I'm not going to elaborate much further. It's common If it's common in your area, you'll need to dig in and do some homework. The third way is an a la carte style brokerage where the agent's paid based on the services rendered. Now, maybe you're in a buyer's agent who just does showings and you get paid per door that you unlock. Maybe your broker allows clients to pick from a menu of options the company provides. Also, it's not something that I'm very familiar with. Dig in deep, figure out how that's gonna work, what you've gotta do, because you're gonna start creating your budget here on what you need to survive. Now, the fourth way is 100% commission. Now, this is everybody's dream, of course, but if you if there's 100% commission, usually, There's a brokerage. It's a huge cattle farm. You pay a fee to hang your license there, and they don't do anything for you. You're overseen by a broker to make sure you don't get anybody sued, but there's little to no training, no support offered. This is most common with investors who know that they're going to get their license and only buy and flip their own properties. That's usually the most time that you see the 100% commission style Scenarios because they don't want to sell real estate. They just want to save the money on the commissions and have access to what realtors have access to. But either way, those are the most common. If you want to dig in deeper, go to the National Association of Realtors website and study up. Seek wise counsel. Ask the agents that are in your area what's common in your area. Know what is expected of you and learn what they can ex- you can expect from your brokerage and how you get paid because that's how you're going to build your business budget before you launch. Now always keep in mind a broker merely has to provide a legal framework for you to hang your license with him or her. Anything else you receive from a broker is an added bonus. They literally only have to provide a framework for you to hang your license, the legal framework. Now always get things in writing when onboarding with a company. Don't hesitate to ask for clarification there could be several different types of splits it's easier if as you go along to understand how that works it was a little confusing for me when i first started but honestly my goal is to do transactions put my head down get things closed i'll figure uh, the splits out as we go Um, i was also married to the broker she explained it several times to me and i just took her word for it Uh, it wasn't writing i did sign an independent contractor agreement uh, with her But I knew that everybody else was doing it this way. They were winning. I was going to win too. Now, you're naturally going to think money is a determining factor. Now, don't be naive. Consider the value of the training, avoiding others' mistakes, learning scripts, being able to shadow top producing agents, having somebody to dive into the contracts with you and give you scenarios along the way. You can't put a price on real life training. I'm naturally partial to the traditional approach because it's the one that I'm most familiar with. Now, the brokerage may take a cut of your commission, but they also carry the majority of the overhead, most of the liability, and likely are providing support staff to help you win. You know, Don't worry. You can become a rock star, and then the bigger and better you get, the more negotiating power you're going to have on how much of the percentages of the commissions they take. But at the front, give them their splits, learn everything you can about them, do a bunch of transactions, and then start negotiating as you become your own rock star and your own right. All right, the next thing you need to really consider here is most companies are going to have a desk fee, so don't let that shock you, which is a base monthly amount paid to the brokerage. It's called a desk fee. Uh, In some places it's called, they've got other terms that I've heard along the way, but most offices have a fee where they're gonna provide you a desk for about 10 agents. You're all coming and going. There's no need for you to have your own private office when you get started because you need to be out in the field working but they call it desk fee because they'll put about 10 agents per desk. They'll have about 20 in a little area and people are coming and going. I've seen it average from 200 a month to maybe 500 a month. It depends on that they're providing computers and ink and paper and, and things like that. So be prepared for there to be a monthly desk fee. Uh, some companies provide yard signs and lock boxes. You can ask those questions during the interview. Other require, excuse me, you to buy your own. Now signs range from 30 to $100. Depending on the sign and the frame and the type of sign it is and lock boxes can range from ten dollars to a hundred dollars So it depends on their combos or if they're digital Bluetooth wireless uh, Lock boxes, so if a company's throwing that in man, you got to put that into your equation and figure out whether or not That's beneficial compared to the one that's only taking ten percent of your commissions, but not providing you any of it We're gonna wrap this up with just a couple of final things but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them. Dress like you want a job, I said that earlier. Sit up straight in your chair. Use proper English and avoid slang and foul language. Smile. Use manners, say thank you and yes and please. Don't interrupt people whenever they're talking. Be on time and actually if you're on time, you're late. Be early, if you're early, you're on time mentally prepare for your answers know your why go back and listen to that podcast do your own work on who you're interviewing if not the person definitely the company know everything you can about the company this is going to be your work family choose wisely remember it's not always about what the company can do for you keep in mind that the great companies will expect you to contribute to the winning culture it should be mutually beneficial and not always about the money because the money will come if you get tied in with the right culture and the right energy and the right company rookie real estate is a podcast produced and edited by the amazing scott parker all the content is written by me your host kenny stevens Rookie Real Estate is powered by The Real Estate in Franklin, Tennessee, and I say with that, that with this in mind: the vision of The Real Estate is to be an empowering partner, bringing agents, clients, and communities home. Simply put, we bring you home. This podcast is not designed to recruit agents, but it does align with our vision here at The Real Estate. My dream for the content is that you can—it can be used by any brokerage, any agent, all across the nation. I want to educate those on the road to their first 50 transactions. And I want to help ensure those transitioning from their day job to their dream job succeed in the process, if at all possible. Until next time, my friends, better your best.